It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey, what's up, everybody? Man, I tell you what, if you were listening live for the last 20 minutes, you got a, a, a lesson in, in creative swearing. Because <laughs> um, nothing was working. Again, as usual, I don't know what it is about this show or my computer or my luck or whatever. See, now I'm trying to turn on one of my little key lights here. It doesn't work. It doesn't turn on. <laughs> it's like the, the on button is jammed or something. And like it won't go down. <laughs> Dude, I'm like so... <sighs> it's one of those days when you don't want to wake said, up. She said. Yeah. Everything sucks. Something like that, man. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a weird day. But you know what? Who cares? We're here. We're here talking about uh, talking about Disneyland, or at least Disney World. Uh, no, Disney. I mean, DCA. See, I don't know. DCA. Yeah. One of those. There you go. Let me tell you about my day so far, <laughs> which is super interesting. But, you know, I don't care. It's my show. I do what I want. Taryn is at a work event. So, like, part of her job, which isn't really part of her job. She just likes doing it. But she does these, like, videos So at, at, at her work. They pick, like, they call it the best of the best, where it's, like, whoever these communities get awards and the staff, like, does a little video and they play it at this big awards dinner. And it's, like, you know, this person deserves this award because they're just so caring. It's basically, like, a bunch of people just telling everybody they already know how caring a person is over and over again. Uh -huh. It's, like, it's the same thing, which is fine, whatever. And they got some of the residents and stuff, and it's fine. And But she puts it together and she stresses out so hard about it because it's such an endeavor to wrangle several people from 11 different communities who are just trying to like care for seniors. They don't know about camera angles or audio quality or, you know <laughs> what I mean? Or whatever. And so, anyway, so she stresses out about it. And so she's at the event tonight. So she leaves me alone. I'm like, it's a show night. Shoot. Okay. Well, it's fine. It's come on. I've, I've been doing this for 15 years. It's fine. I'll be fine. I got put Alice to bed. So I'm like advancing everything by like half an hour. I'm like, hey, do you just want to eat dinner early, Alice? She's like, yeah. I'm like, it's great. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And then I go stupid. I go, oh, you stink, man. You want to take a bath? And she goes, yeah. I'm like, no, wait, shoot. Okay. Yeah. So I just had to like, it's a lot, it was a lot of like convincing Alice to be like, this is your idea to do this, right? To, to go to bed early, maybe a little bit or to whatever. And uh, yeah, so I have her monitor down here, but she's asleep. I just checked on her. She's fine. But yeah, and we had a bunch of audio issues here. It was just, oh, this is a lot, man. This is a lot, but it's okay. And of course, if you're going to the parks, don't forget to check out our friends over at Concy Ears. Go to concyears.com today. Book your trip. We'll actually have them book it for you because that's what they do. You can sit online and try to do the clicks and try to, you know, pay, get out your credit card. Oh, did you remember your CCV number or whatever it is? Oh, it's expired. Now you got to get a whole new one. This whole mess of stuff that really nobody likes to do in the digital age. But concierge loves it. They love the mundane garbage that you have to jump through <laughs> to book a trip these days. So check them out, concierge.com. All the stuff they provide to you is free no extra charge to you. You pay what you would just pay if you were sitting on Disneyland.go.co.gov.enjoy.magic.com or whatever it is. Check them out. We're here. Uh, I have an adult beverage. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about what are we talking about? We have Ryan. So anyway, Taryn's not here. We're joined with Ryan. Ryan hey. from PunyPod, of course. Uh, welcome back to the show, Ryan. It's been two shows since you've been on Couple. or something like yeah, that. Something like that. <laughs> something. <laughs> And Ryan is a big Marvel uh, head, you know, big Marvel universe guy. And he emailed me a couple months ago and he's like, 
listen, bro, this is my Ryan uh, impression. Listen, <laughs> man, uh, you know, I'm so sick of people slagging off uh, Venture Campus. It's the best thing ever, and I want to do a show about it, and I want to do a show about it right now. And I said, well, look, hold on a second. Perfect. Why we, yeah, why don't we calm down? First of all, how did you get my address? But uh, yeah, so Ryan's going to do, uh, what is it, in the defense of Avengers Campus, right? Yeah, in defense of Avengers Campus. Okay. Because people All have been haters. Yeah, people have been attacking oh, yeah. your baby. Yeah, gotta get get the haters out of here. And I, I told hate, but... uh, yeah, and I told you that I would try to find some uh, you know some some counterpoints for you, which I haven't done yet, but I still will. I'll still look. But uh, you know, besides my own, because I've never been, so I don't really have any sort of justification other than what I've read like online about this topic. So uh, I'm interested to see what you have to say about it. Are people really hating on it still as much as uh, as as they were? I yeah, and I think I think that's the interesting thing is when I came up with this idea, it was a little bit more like I think there's more opposition to it. I think it's like cooled as time has gone on. It was like two months ago, dog. I know. know. Okay, it's, it's the big, the things works, are cool. Right? Okay. Yeah. Look, man, I'm interested. I'm here for it. Uh, I'm sure we'll be able to find people online who, who still don't like it. I mean, uh, you know, I still don't really like it. I don't really know anything about it. There you go. I don't like it. But Eric, you Great are opinion. here, my friend. Uh, thank you. You're here and you have a window to talk about, right? Ooh, a window. Don't you? Yes. A window into your soul, baby. Bear your soul for us here on uh, whatever show this is. Well, my soul is clearly delineated directly behind the window of Dr. Alexander Irvin, MD. Yes. There he is on Main <laughs> Street, USA. Dr. Alexander um, Irvin, Irvine, uh, probably Irvine, uh, graduated Harvard Medical School in 1964. And if you want to find his window, go to the Baby Care Center. So head all the way down, uh, down Main Street and take a right at the end. And you can find the Baby Care Center. And there he is on the window above that center. Alexander is the father of Richard Dick Irvine, mm. president of WED. I was wondering where, where a doctor is, uh, comes into the windows on Main Street. Right, right. Um, well, Alexander was for a while uh, Walt's personal eye doctor. He was a fairly famous eye doctor. He was the founder of the Doheny Eye Institute. Now, Doheny? everybody's wondering, <laughs> what is the Doheny Eye Institute? Well, Carrie Estelle Doheny lost her sight, and uh, she was also a wealthy person. So uh, working with her personal ophthalmologist, uh, who is probably very excited to be working with a wealthy woman, uh, she <laughs> established herself an eye institute in her name in 1947. And uh, Alexander was one of the founding physicians in this practice. That was back when you could do weird stuff like that. Like, I'm just good. You know, I have enough money. You know, she probably had like $100,000 in the bank, which by then, you know, then was enough money to do that. I'm going to establish a, a an institute. I don't really feel like you get too many of those anymore, you know? Uh, no, not enough people are willing to donate these days the millions and millions of dollars it would take to do such a thing. I think we do need the Petros Institute of Audio uh, Engineering. Engineering, yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> the, the Petros Institute Cruz. for podcasters who can't audio too good. <laughs> what is this, a school for podcasters? That's exactly what it is. Yes. But yeah, Alexander Irvine, MD, also had a son, Alexander Ray Irvine, Jr. He had another son, Rodman Irvine, and a grandson, John A. Irvine, who were all 
<laughs> noted eye doctors who right. worked at the institute. So you had John. Yeah. You had Alexander. Uh-huh. And then in the middle, things got really <laughs> weird with Rodman. Rodman. Like, was that a popular name in the 40s? Rodman uh, as a first name? Obviously. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. Rodman. Um, Clearly named after Dennis. Yeah. Yes. Aren't there rods in your pre, eye? It's like humusly cornea and rod and stuff like that. Aren't those parts there, of your there eyes? Are rods in your eye? There you See, go. there you go. That's, pro- That's it. I bet you, I bet you money. He was named after that. He's the rod man. Mm-hmm. He's like, He's my gonna kid is going to be rods. good. <laughs> good at rod care <laughs> for your eyeballs. Okay. Anyway. Uh, well, let's see. Um, their grandson, John A. Irvine, is still affiliated with USC, their university hospital, and the Doheny Institute. Um, to get more information on Dr. Alexander Irvine, I'd have to be either a better internet historian or an actual uh, historian who goes to a library to find out more about this person. But uh, Dr. Irvine was definitely Walt's eye doctor and a close friend. So, of course, Walt gave him a window above the baby place. So he was a Nepo doctor. (laughs) Yep, yep. And that's that's Dr. Alexander Irvine, MD. That's really a short one because Ryan's on. (laughs) Yeah, that's really interesting because what other, you know, I wonder if some other of Walt's personal doctors like, dude, you know, hook a, hook a doctor who up. took out one of his lungs. Yeah. Did, did he get a window? <laughs> Should have. I wonder how many windows are non-employees. Because I would imagine he, the, oh, that's he good. wasn't employed by yeah. the company. By the park, yeah. Uh, no, never, yeah. What? I mean, I, I guess mean, the, the one. ones, right? Sure, yeah, but that's, you know. I mean, I, there's one that I was working on. I thought it would be quick and easy, but I went down a deep dark hole of internet looking nice. um that's what we want thought, from you yes uh, right right it, it, looking at the uh the the farm the upjohn pharmacy window uh, because i'm a a, a pharmacist by trade yeah. and um yeah there's a lot behind the the two guys that are on that window so like okay no abandon ship let's move <laughs> on um yeah i kept finding these windows where they're like oh there's like five guys on this window what's going on wow um, so That's pretty wild. Yeah, there's there's share. a lot there's a lot more window goodness to share going forward. Nice. Yes. I've been doing a fair amount of research too. I'm researching. Well, I'm not going to say, but it's for Pyramid Out of the Ears show, and Uh-oh. um, I I and you know it's it's you're, you're you're trying to look up reference material from out of print magazines, and I just I get caught in this rabbit hole of like an hour and a half of Google searching and copying and pasting doing this thing. Yeah. And it's like, it's probably <laughs> never going to be on papers. Yeah. Cause it's all some, just some pulp weird ass magazine that nobody's ever heard of. And you know, it was around for a bunch of years, but and there's maybe there's people who have scans of a couple of them that they find on eBay or whatever, but there's no like archive. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm just gen X enough to think that, you know, growing up, seeing the internet basically absorb all print material and stored online for us to have access to, I go, well, it has to be online. I'm almost, I'm a little offended that it's not. You know, it's like, <laughs> how could I be incorrect about this? It's a mm-hmm. material that's written down. It should be scanned online. I don't understand. Yeah, some nerd scanned it and put it on some thing, some platform, some. I guess. Yeah, I just, I just don't have the the long tail SEO keywords to like dig it out of the internet. But it was, I don't know, man. It's been really, uh, it's been interesting. Like trying to trying to get those deep dive topics. You can't really. It, it's hard to to fight your way out of just wasting all of the time devoted to whatever you have carved, what time you have carved out of your day to to dig on this subject. 
it can't all just be looking for this one thing. Like at some point, you got to cut bait and be like, okay, I got to actually write something now. Not to mention the extra like rabbit hole time that when you do find that magazine and you end up reading all the rest of the articles that are in there too. Yes, <laughs> right. Especially this one. Well, I'll you know, it's a it's a thing. I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, you know, let's move on to Avengers Campus and DCA, cool. Ryan. Yeah. What's going on so, with you, man? You okay with it? You, you good? <laughs> guys, yeah. you guys still talking? Yeah. I want to kind of set some stage a little bit, I guess, and just talk briefly about the real world history of, of Avengers Campus and then also the fictional history because I think that's really cool. So D23 2017, it was announced that Avengers Campus was coming around the world. Uh, so we were going to end up getting three Avengers campuses, uh, one in California. Camp I? Camp I. Campa, Campasu. Campositis. <laughs> so one in California, one in Paris, and then the very first one would be in Hong Kong. So in Anaheim, this meant that we were replacing a Bugs Land. Uh, so Bugs Land was replaced by this superhero land. About a year and a half of construction later, it was announced on March 11th, 2020, that Avengers Campus would be opening on July 18th, 2020. A day that will live in infamy. <laughs> and then three days later, the world was entirely different. So after several backups, Avengers Campus did eventually open up on June 4th, 2021. So nearly a year later, or yeah, nearly a year a year later. Uh, it's been open since. Not a whole lot's been added to it since it opened as of right now, um, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But to get into the fictional history, I, I think this is really important to the defense of Avengers Campus. Um, Joe Rohde was giving a interview talking about actually when they were overlaying Tower of Terror to be Guardians, mm -hmm. and he explained that the Marvel stuff in the theme parks operates in its own universe. It's distinctly meant to be its own universe. Uh, it will grow and expand. There'll be elements that link into other universes, um, but it's not supposed to be like the characters you see there are not the versions of the characters that you see in the movies, um, which was really, I think, and this is where the defense starts, one of the smarter things that they did. Uh, versus like a, a, a Galaxy's Edge where it takes place in a five-year time period. So you're really socketed into a specific like snapshot of that universe. Marvel, you know, when they decided to build Avengers Campus, it was a branch reality that branched off before the events of Infinity War and Endgame. So the blip so, never happened. Okay, so th that's where we're going time, maybe time-wise, but it's also not time timey at all? Right. It's it's kind of, there There haven't been a whole lot of stories told about what's happened in this universe, right? And, and who knows, maybe someday they will write comics or whatever about the theme mm -hmm. park universe, but... Um, Let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Those always the go over so well theoretically yeah you you're you're existing in a world where uh infinity war never happened endgame never happened thanos never really attacked um so that's where the avengers campus exists which does allow them to bring in a lot of different characters uh, and it, it is really cool in that way it sort of seems like that is the easy way out of saying um 
hey, maybe we screwed up by this with this Thanos thing and, uh, you know, or at least putting Avengers Campus here after this whole Thanos deal. So now we have to sort of backtrack and be like, oh, <laughs> let's pretend it never ha- What if it never happened, guys? <laughs> let's just do that instead. So then we can have our cake and eat it at the same time. Yeah, and I, I will say it. the idea of it being in its own universe is predate, does predate uh, Thanos, right? Or does predate that in the uh, Well, for MCU. the movies, right? Yeah. But yeah, in, the, in the comics, it has already happened. Like I was like the eighties. That's the thing that I get confused about is 90s. is there's so much like with these comics, there's so many timelines and there's so much going on. You know, how do you keep it straight from what happened in the comics, or at least what was pulled from the comics, what's referenced from the comics, and what just was made up for the movies? I'm imagining this Thanos thing happened. You know, yeah, like Eric is saying, eighties or nineties. Yeah, we talk books. about. We talk about that a little bit in um, the show, in Puny, in my show, Puny Pod, but the movies exist in a different reality than the comics, so they're pulling references from the comics, but, like, the events of the comics do not influence the movies. The events of the movies don't influence the events of the comics. But except for the characters that come from the comics. So they sort of do, right? They do, but like if like when Steve Rogers dies in the the comics, that doesn't influence the way that the movies did it. And and honestly, the movies have changed events so much that it it is considered a separate reality. And and there have been a few more modern comics that have referenced that, right? So like reality hopping people have re, have hopped over into the movie reality as a separate reality from the events of the comics. So and it se- it sounds really weird, but it's something comic books have been doing for decades. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That same yeah. exact thing jumping over even from from comic book to comic book world to world. And they go, oh, what is that? And you take that that character out of their reality and put them somewhere else with, you know, a Thor or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It's something that that's, that's been going on forever, but it's weird for me to think about a comic book reality and then a movie reality. It's yeah. just it, it, because I, I, I think it's something like once that happens, it sort of sounds cheap. You and know, it, it, it definitely, the more you do it, it, it can cheapen it. Right. Because it's like, Oh, you just, that's a very easy writing it's device, easy. right? That's a yes. very easy narrative device to go, oh, we screwed up. Let's just get over <laughs> to Let's do it some other way. Um, I guess it kind of makes yeah. sense with the movies, though, because you yeah. don't want to do it exactly like the comics because the, the mega fans want to see their stories, but they don't want to see them the exact same way. And other people say, let's do if they if we did the same story the way we, that we did it 30 years ago, why would we be interested? So, um I yeah, don't know, Mulan. but then they come out with the Little Mermaid remake, and then they come out with <laughs> Mulan remake, and they come out with Beauty and the Beast. So people, there's a the counter to that is they're 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 doing it. <laughs> They've been yeah, doing and, it, and Marvel has has kind of explored uh, what it looks like to stay close to the source material as well as what it looks like to deviate wildly from it. Mm. Iron Man three, the episode we just got done doing, literally that 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 movie basically only took names from the comics. And then changed the story entirely. The events were entirely changed. The names were were pulled and the general gist of a few things were kind of applied over. Mm-hmm. But the events were entirely different. So you're saying Guy Pierce doesn't actually exist. <laughs> that's, that's right. He's a yeah. few. few. Yeah. Um, so in in the theme park reality, um, the 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 storyline of Avengers Campus is basically we're trying to bring in new recruits to the Avengers initiative. Um, Now I will say this is a part of the storyline that I think could be carried out better. 
you don't get the feeling that you're being recruited for the Avengers when you're at Avengers campus. And I think that is something they could carry over better. Um, Hong Kong started by, they actually rethemed Tomorrowland and they're in the process of continuing this retheming of Tomorrowland to be Stark Expo. So like Tony Stark mm. and his like World of Tomorrow Expo kind of thing. I don't hate it except for the fact that it's a retheme of Tomorrowland. Like if it was, um, I, you know, they should take an event. I don't know if they have inventions over there, but like over here, they should take inventions and make it a Stark Expo. That and would they be did cool. that for a while. They, they did, did that for about a, a year and a half, I think. In. Um, when did they do this? I don't remember this. It was before it was Star Wars launch day. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. And was it like 2017 or something? <laughs> like, in, yeah. I remember they had the Iron Man suits and that was kind of it, though. It wasn't really like, it yeah, wasn't it really wasn't a whole much. lot. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Been, it could have been more. That's what I mean. That's That would be neat. So you take the House of the Future concept and wrap it in, in Stark Technologies, but I don't, you know... I, uh, yeah, yeah, and like that, like Hong Kong got, I think they switched uh, Buzz, like Buzz Astro Blasters. They switched it over to be an Ant-Man and the Wasp shooter. So you're fighting, I think Hydra is the story on that one. Okay. Um, I just saw they tore out their Autopia and they're putting in Avengers stuff where their Autopia was. Bold. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would never fly in California. No. Sorry. No. <laughs> um that ride eats too many people still there's no way yeah so so that's that's hong kong um and then california and paris got there uh next two and the story on both those is the same tony stark is retrofitting two of his father's campuses so two of uh howard stark's campuses uh to be sites for the avengers campus you can see this in the land it's actually really cool when you're at california adventure you're walking around and you see old stark industries like paint on the wall you see old signage for stark industries that's been like covered up by avengers stuff there's actually a really fun uh wall where it's the old parking lot and you see like reserved for h stark reserved for e jarvis that kind of stuff mm -hmm. um and actually on that same wall there's also a there they have a um like a wastewater drain that comes out that's labeled as like danger gamma radiation and they planted trees around that wastewater that are kind of bulbous and like kind of green and they're green <laughs> and so it looks like they've been like they're hulking out which is a really fun little touch that's funny i approve of that yeah uh, so what's actually in Avengers Campus, right? Um, so that's the theme is the idea is Tony Stark's taking his dad's old Stark Industries uh, manufacturing areas, retrofitting it to be what we, you know, what we see today as kind of a campus for the current Avengers. So I'm going to focus all of the rest of this on California. Um, the, the other parks have some really cool stuff, but that would have been a big rabbit hole. So we'll stay focused here in California. So there are two rides in Avengers Campus as of right now. There is Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, which we annexed from Hollywood Boulevard after Avengers Campus was created. And then there's Web Slingers. So Web Slingers is a, if you're not familiar with it, screen-based screen ride that is gesture sensitive. So instead of your Astro Blasters or your Midway Mania where you have like a gun that you're shooting, you actually fling webs. You're, the idea is you're sitting in a pod and you're you're flinging spider webs. You are. You the actually. Gun. Yes. Yeah. 
you're in line, they a spider bites you, you get on the ride, <laughs> and then they cure you and you get off. And it's it's actually I will say Web Slingers is a it one, it's a really good arm workout. <laughs> is it really? I don't know, you're just moving things. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like as much as Midway Mania gets that burn going, uh I, I think Web Slingers does too. But with both of these rides, both Web Slingers and Guardians of the Galaxy, the cues are like Easter egg overload. Everything is some sort of Easter egg for you. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is a little bit easier because it's set up to be kind of a museum. museum. Yeah. yeah, so it's got labels and everything on it. Uh, Web Slingers is a little bit less of that. So you'll walk through, like you'll walk past a bike rack and you'll see bikes that are themed towards various heroes. Some of them are lesser known heroes. So like you have uh, Moon Girls roller skates are in there and you wouldn't recognize that if you didn't know who Moon Girl was. You walk past a bank of lockers and they all have different logos painted on them. And not all of those logos have appeared in the movies to this point. So for the big heads, right, you're like, oh, cool, that's this character, that character that half the people around me in line probably don't recognize. Uh, so it is it is really cool from a from a big Marvel nerd fan or Marvel nerd standpoint to walk through those lines and see these things. Um, little bit of awkwardness because they're like half committed to to Tony Stark's death when it comes to to Avengers Campus because he didn't die in this universe, right? He's still alive. Mm -hmm. He appears like Iron Man still appears, but everything that's Iron Man themed, like in the shops and in the in the web uh line, is all Harley Keener, who's the kid he meets in Iron Man Three. Which is kind of a strange little, you know, why isn't it just Tony? Just slap I see. Right, right, right. Because you can't live in that universe and have the death thing happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. The plot hole in the plot hole. <laughs> oh, no. Dang. And, and so um, outside of that, there, there's also some food um, in Avengers Campus. Pim's Test Kitchen and Tasting Lab. Uh, Pim's Test Kitchen is a... I like Hymns Tet's Kitchen. I think that's funnier. Yeah, yeah Hymns. Yeah. Hymns. H-Y-M-S. Yeah, it's just uh, it's, testing out for Hymns. We, it's just gospel. I was going to say, yeah. are we getting new sponsors for it's the just, network? It's just gospel brunch. Everyone's <laughs> yeah, singing Hymns to you in line. Oh, ooh, yeah. different ooh, kind of Hymns. Yeah. Right. yeah, not for Hymns, but Hymns. Right. Um, so Pim's Test, Test Kitchen, it's really fun. Everything there is not the size you expect it. You have a $100 panini that's going to feed a whole family. Uh, you you have, it, and it does. <laughs> yeah, we, we did that once. You did um, with yeah, Jimmy's Jimmy's whole family and me and Dan and various other people that were hanging on to Jimmy's family. Uh, yeah, it fed a lot of people. Wow. Okay, it, well that's good. I get was it a good value, and did it taste uh, good? It was a it was a good panini. I'm not a ham guy, but um, who's not a ham? They're saying you're not a water guy. <laughs> who doesn't like ham? Well, people Come who don't on. like ham water. I, I don't know. Oh my um, goodness! I, I'm, I'm not like a see, I'm, I'm not a panini guy because it's just too like the, the bread gets too hard and it cuts mm. through for your mouth. I don't want it. Well, just make me. Just give me a sandwich. Don't you don't need to crust it for me. It doesn't need to be hard. Just give just, me a sandwich. Give me a hot sandwich. You just want a pillow with with ham in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. I mean, even Cured sourdough bread sandwich is too, is too much. I don't like a panini. You have a panini. Keep it. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I mean, this sandwich was a panini, so it was crusty bread that was smashed down with butter and 
recrustified and filled with various meats. Um, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. And we had, uh, we, we fed a lot of people with this hundred dollar sandwich and it's a yeah. gimmick, but, but still a lot of pieces. Yeah. And you can buy, you can buy an individual serving of it too. If you really want to get in on the panini love, you can buy it. I feel like paninis are very 2008. Like paninis came and got, it came and left. It was a thing. It was a fad for a bit. Panini machines were everywhere. And then you don't hear about them anymore. That's fair. I mean, it is the, I think it is a Pimini uh, because everything has to be is. a pawn. Right. <laughs> of course it, it should be. Honestly, it, it can't, it can't not be because Ant-Man um, is so full of those weird jokes, man. And then also here they have like giant meatballs, which are very good. They have giant pretzels, which I feel like a giant, a really giant pretzel is really hard to hit the like the exact spot where it's soft but not mushy without being like, yeah. Hard. And when we talked about the, these foods, like you know that that was the big deal. It's like how do you how do you make the the foods big but also taste good? It's hard and to I think do. they yeah. I think they did it really well. And and there That's are some things that are big. There are some things that are also small, like um like the it's a gimmick, but. The chicken sandwich, the chicken is huge, like they enlarged it, but the bun is small, mm-hmm. like they made it shrink, which is pretty fun. And I will say, as a pro tip, the kid's chicken sandwich is more than a substantial amount for an adult, so just get that. Hmm. Good breakfasts, where you get um, a tiny quail egg, oh, sunny side up. Love it. And uh, you get some scrambled eggs for people who want more than a tiny egg. That's, that's yeah, awesome. It's my favorite breakfast in, in DCA. Love because it. Flo's is gone. That's well, Flo's is still there, but they're not doing not breakfast because breakfast. they moved it to Pim's. Yeah. And then also with Pim's, there is Pim's Tasting Lab uh, where they have cocktails served out of beakers that you get to keep. They're plastic beakers, but they are Pim uh, label beakers. So, hey, you get a little souvenir with it um as well as some quote-unquote craft beers it's it's the usual suspects it's it's not really craft elysian Um, golden road yeah (laughs) but in the pims area you do see like there there's a really cool gimmick where you see pretzels going into a machine all the same size and then they get shrunk or grow and then they come out the other side whatever size they got switched to uh which is really fun to watch Um, You also in here for the soda machines, you have kind of giant sodas overhead that that have little pipes running into the soda machines as if that's where you're getting your soda from. They do have Pingo Dose, which as a Marvel fan, I was very excited to see. I don't know what that is. So it's an in it's an in universe soda. It's a Guarana soda in the universe. It plays a decently large role in the uh, Incredible Hulk movie. But it's in Avengers Campus. It's Sprite with <laughs> with vanilla in it. Um, that sounds awful. That sounds it was pretty. It was actually pretty good. I I had a I I was hoping it was going to be more Guarana like because I like Guarana soda, um, but it wasn't. Um, but it wasn't bad. I mean, it it was fun and it's it's like chartreuse green because hmm. that's what the drink is in the uh in the movies. So that's kind of part of the fun thing and then over in the testing lab in the center of the bar they have a giant beer can for silver age lager and then the year that it was made is actually in the silver age of comics which is kind of fun and it says like it's a shatari which shataris are the aliens that attack new york and avengers uh it says it's like a shatari inspired recipe or something along those lines so kind of a fun little easter egg again uh and and really great place design right it it feels like you are in a place 
where these people who know how to grow and shrink things are growing and shrinking things. And they've done that really well without it being in the way of enjoying what you're there for. Why couldn't they have uh, grown the campus as a whole? Because it's really small. (laughs) And I think that is one of the places where it succeeds is how small it is. Um, So, you know, as as I'm describing here, you're going to catch like two rides, and I'll talk a little bit about the shows and the characters because I think that's something else that really shines here. Yeah, for sure. But what Avengers Campus really does well that that I think Galaxy's Edge struggles with is it feels full. It's a lot easier to do that when it's a lot smaller. Um, it, it feels full of life. It feels like the best way I can put it is think about like in Fantasyland on the really good days where the princesses are all walking around and Peter Pan's walking around and you just walk past a character and that like that interaction of just like, hey, Peter or hey, Alice, you know, as, as you're walking past that character that's what Avengers Campus does really well. And everybody I've talked to that has been there has said, yeah, I was loaded with characters. I couldn't walk two steps without running into somebody, which is, I think, what Galaxy's Edge on the other side where they fell short. Right. Well, yeah. And it's it's not only characters, it's characters that are so ridiculously current, like, hey, Loki, I saw on last week's episode <laughs> of Loki. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they have. So to run through the characters that they have real quick, uh, or they've had, um, and I'm not, I'm going to try and group some of these, but um, they've had various versions of the Hulk, including Smart Hulk and uh, Endgame Hulk, which I'm now realizing is weird given the story that they gave. Um, <laughs> In the spacesuit, like the time traveling. Yeah, yeah, the time traveling spacesuit Hulk. Um, both Hawkeyes have appeared, um, so Clint and Kate. Um, they even got they even brought in some stuff from Werewolf by Night with Elsa Bloodstone and Jack Russell. America Chavez has a, has appeared. Captain Marvel, of course. Taskmaster is a frequent um, appearance. Uh, Nick Fury in some various costumes. Jane Foster as Thor, as well as Thor as Thor. All the Guardians. Agatha Harkness has appeared. Kamala Khan. Several of the Eternals have appeared, so Kingo, Fastos. So it's, um, it's so it's not just characters that are geared that they're not just Avengers; they're just people in the Marvel right. universe. Yeah, and it it like all the way down to Moon Knight, right? So like I loved the Moon Knight series; they had Did. him appear in two different oh, Moon Knight iterations. I was thinking Moon Girl. I couldn't the 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 animation the Moon Girl. I can't. She do also it. appeared, but <laughs> oh. Moon Girl and Devil uh, Dinosaur also appeared, right. but. I um i started watching some of it the cartoon I, I haven't finished it yeah i can't do it it's too it I, it made me feel old because it's, <laughs> it's too jump cutty there's too much going on it's too fast and the cuts are too fast the edits are too fast and it, it, it ended up sort of like hurting my eyes where mm-hmm. it's like i can't like th- this is not what i i mean i was like ready for it and i was like i can't i watched one episode like i, I can't do it anymore it's too it's much. The same yeah. feeling when you play uh, uh, Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, but I guess yeah. God, it so, was, yeah, it's, it's really... just too much, man. Like I, I couldn't even. By the time my my brain processed what was happening, so I could look around the screen, it was that whatever was gone. Whatever. Yeah. All right, man. That's fair. Yeah. Something for a different generation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, I mean, all of these characters appear, and and. They know to pump it up, too. So when Rogers the Musical came out about a month ago, 
Um, the first day that that was there in the park, they knew that it was going to be a loaded area, so they pumped more characters. They brought out some of the characters they hadn't had in a while. They brought out the Eternals, and they brought out uh, both versions of Thor, which are not usually there. So so they kind of know to infuse more characters when there's going to be more citizens, so to speak, uh, in the in the land. Um, and so I think that's something in defense of this, right, to go back to the theme here, in defense of this land, I think that's something that it does so well. And part of why I honestly think it's worth not even riding a ride there, right? You just go and you sit and you're like, hey, there's that guy I know. Hey, there's that person I know. And you just kind of can be in the land and enjoy it for just being there right you can so you're eating a shawarma on exactly. the uh, on the strip <laughs> and you're seeing two different captains america and you're saying this is all fine yeah i mean you, there uh, there does have to be some suspension of disbelief right there they <laughs> there definitely are uh some of those gaps and um i think that's it it knows it knows that it's a superhero land right by another name it's it's fantasy land, which is a genre land, right? It's a fantasy land. Marvel, like it's Marvel land. It's it's not so dedicated to its story that it kind of cuts itself off like event or like Galaxy's Edge does sometimes. Yeah. It, instead, it's it's aware of what it is. And it's like people just want to see the thing. People just want to see Iron Man walking around. They just want to see um, these superheroes, which is really cool. And it does that yeah. really well. I think the other thing that it does is so, 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 so well. And Eric, you and I, I forget where we were talking about the Muppets uh, appearance in uh, Disney World, where it's just kind of a thing that happens. Oh, there happened their American history yes. show in Liberty Square. <laughs> yeah, yes. that is another thing that that Avengers Campus does really well is they just have these shows that just happen. Some of them are on the schedule. Um, so. You have like um, Doctor Strange does a magic show in his kind of area over there. That's on the schedule and that happens. Um, but like the Stuntronics uh, thing that, yes, there's a million TikToks out there of it failing. But honestly, it goes correct more than it goes wrong. Where they have the big Stuntronic Tom who is the Spider-Man that flies through the air. And Spider-Man also does like a show kind of around that. He climbs the wall and comes down and high fives the crowd and everything uh, and welcomes everybody to Avengers campus. That just happens throughout the day, which really feels organic. And it, you do get some people lining up because there is a cadence to it. And so you do get some people lining up, but it, it just kind of is happening around you. There's also a battle that happens on the Avengers HQ that is different participants each time. It's very choreographed, obviously, but mm -hmm. you know, one time I saw it was Black Widow versus Taskmaster and uh, Black Panther joined it, right? Black Panther crawled up the side of that building and joined in the fight. Um, I've seen the, the they've done like Hawkeye uh, at, at Christmas time. They'll even do a like holiday. They have a holiday script for it. So it's Hawkeye trying to deliver presents to the Avengers um, and he's being <laughs> thwarted by uh, the tracksuit mafia or whatever. And so I, I think that that's, again, really organic. And that's one of the things that, again, in defense of this, this 
this land, it, it, it doesn't feel contrived. It just feels like you're like we were sitting there having lunch and suddenly the the fight on the campus was, or on the campus was going on. Mm -hmm. And that was just really cool and not something you get a lot of in modern Disney, especially, you know, a lot of modern Disney right now is so planned and it's so like we got to be here for this thing at this time got to move over to here to this thing avengers campus is kind of i guess a little remnant of the past that we all kind of long for of like it just is gonna happen and you're, you're gonna rewarded. be there. i get it you're rewarded for sitting around and and yeah. waiting for something interesting to happen yeah okay sounds good that's fun yeah that's fun. Yeah, so, a fun little thing so yeah i think i think that's what it does so well is and I and I have to remind myself of this as especially on this last trip as a new father, like you're not paying 200 bucks to ride rides all day necessarily. You're also paying to be in a place. And and that's what Avengers Campus does very well is it is it creates a place to be in. Yeah, but there's bugs land, you know what I mean? Well, and that's that's the other really fun thing. And, I'll, and maybe this will be my closing thought, because I think this is this is really fun and kind of indicative of what Marvel or what Avengers Campus has done. So Ant-Man, when he's walking around the land, he carries around a miniaturized version of Bugs Land. And yes. I see, I've, I've, we've seen this photo of it. How is it in real life? Is it cool? It's so cool. Like, I saw it in real life, <laughs> and I had to stop the Ant-Man. I was like, dude, let me let me just, like, take this in. Let me just look at it. And it it is really cool. And he'll interact, too. He'll be like, yeah, this is what was here before us. We we had to shrink it down, which again, obviously their their ties to the story are loose because that would kind of clash with the story, right? If if this was supposed to be a Stark campus that then they repurpose, where did Bugs Land come in? Uh, but it it is really well done. It's really it it is a miniature Bugs Land. Um, and you can just kind of look at it. It's got all the little rides going. I think there was even some kinetics to it. I think maybe there was some movement in there. Which oh wow. Is kind of fun. <laughs> um but it. it it's really fun so so again does avengers campus have the best rides in the park no not right now i think i think it's suffer i think for the ride people it's suffering because web slingers was never meant to be the the anchor ride and it has had to kind of step up and become that mm. yes it, it was always meant to be the second or third ride because dca is cursed in this way and it seems like every time they try and do something cool with DCA, the company loses money. And so they're stuck with kind of web slingers anchoring that land from a ride perspective, which is tough. But as a sense of place and as a place to be, it's really, really cool. And finding that value is really cool. So grab a drink and a beaker, watch Black Widow fight the Taskmaster and just hang out. Uh, ignore the overly loud music. OK, well, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, so yeah, so I guess it's you're, you're sort of saying to the haters, you got to reframe your mind. You got to get your brain fixed up a little bit. It's not going to be the other things, because if you want right. the other things, the other levels of immersion, you have that it's a mix. Instead of saying, here's generic Marvel place to be, everyone sit here and wait for your favorite character to come out, which Disney isn't going to do. They right. have this, which has a loose story, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense and maybe isn't the most creative thing in the entire universe. but. It's a thing that you can do that you can exist in that's not in any of the movies. I mean, Avengers Campus, I guess, is, but not in this way. Not in the comic books. It's, a, it's its own thing. And you can be there, be a Marvel fan, and just sort of geek out on, on that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, okay. I, and I think that's, that's what it does really well is it provides a place 
um for people to geek out and and it's not so it's not so so deep in the fandom that the casual the casual person can't also enjoy it they see things they recognize they they want to engage right Mm -hmm. what you're going for yeah exactly all right that sounds great you know it sounds even better though ryan summer is right around the corner well it's, it's here and our friends at the 21st amendment are celebrating the return of the warmer days with their popular and everyone's favorite seasonal beer hell or high watermelon wheat the brewers at the 21st amendment brew an american wheat beer with real watermelon juice creating a refreshing fruity and quenching beer or what they affectionately call summer in a can hell or high watermelon wheat will make any weekend barbecue or beach time activity that much better when visiting the California Bay, be sure and stop in at the 21st Amendment's San Francisco Brew Pub at 563 2nd Street. And also be sure and visit their brewery tap room just across the bay in San Leandro with an outdoor beer garden and lots of yummy yummo food. I added that last part. Oh, it doesn't really say mm. yummy yummo because um, Sully would never use weird words like that. But I did. <laughs> so here's some interesting things. So I pulled up, uh, you know, like I said, I was trying to find people just ragging on Ventures Campus. But, you know, it's been open a couple of years and I think the people who hated on it sort of like got filtered through the algorithm and then now everyone loves it or whatever. Um, but here's someone on Reddit and they almost I think they got ratioed a little bit on Reddit. But uh, <laughs> this is from two years ago. The post is, am I the only one disappointed by Avengers Campus? Well, no, because if you were online at any point during from the announcement till the opening, you 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 would know that. But that's OK. They say mainly asking because I cannot find an honest review online without a bias towards Marvel. But here are my thoughts after visiting the land today. Number one, super small, which is one constant critique I've seen. What do you say to that, Ryan? Address it right now. Absolutely. It, All right, perfect. it, it, it is small. Um, I will also say, and this is theme park nerdiness, which I know is part of what people come to this podcast for. Um, the largest building, which is the, well, what should be the largest building, which is the Avengers HQ that has the Quinjet on top, um, does not get to benefit from force perspective because it has to have a giant garage door on it so that they can bring the trolley cars in and out of it. Mm, Bummer. Mm. Um, it also doesn't have a giant ride behind it, right? (laughs) That's that's also true. Uh, this next one is Spider-Man Campus. I mean, I get that the ride is the talk of the town right now, the talk of the town, but considering it's called Avengers Campus, you'd think the stores would have a lot to offer for fans of other Avengers. The merch was tacky, in my opinion, and seemed like Disney didn't know if they should target the kids or the adult fans. Not to mention, the Spider-Man show itself wasn't as fun as it was made to be with a guy just rolling around until the animatronic is launched. Super awkward to watch as well. What do you say to that, Ryan? So the one established store in the land is Spider-Man. Um, they do have at Guardians of the Galaxy, they have the ride exit store, which is technically part of the um, land. They also have a lot of the the merch, which I think would appear in, and I would guess as they were planning it, would have gone in the e-ticket exit store. That's okay. over actually in a warehouse that's like, yeah, over by uh, Monsters Inc. right now. I would love great to air see conditioning. that. It is great air conditioning. <laughs> and uh, whatever hero is out of season is also uh, great deals in there. But <laughs> it, I, I would like to see that merch brought into the land a little bit. Uh, and I think it will when whenever the e-ticket, whatever it actually ends up being, it's not going to be the Quinjet. 
maybe it'll be the King Thanos thing that they talked about it at uh, D23 a couple years ago. Whenever that, that actually comes to hmm. fruition, I, I do think that that will be nice. And I, I do think that right now the merchandise is heavily focused towards Spider-Man. I was disappointed in there only being one shop. Now, the Spider-Man show is not, I don't think it's awkward. I thought it was really fun. I I mean, I'm also a Spider-Man fan, so I'll, I'll own that. But We'll see. There you go. Number three, <laughs> no creativity. One of the things that irked me the most was how Pym Kitchen and Avengers Headquarters took up most of the space. The headquarters building, as I learned later, is just a facade with no actual building. But it would have been nice to see an Avengers version of the Star Wars launch bay, which serves as a museum slash shop slash character photo op. <laughs> Instead, it's just a building with a jet on top. Additionally, I found the illusion spot next to the ancient sanctum odd as hell. What? What does it have to do with the Avengers? Why is this the only thing of its kind in this land? And to add on to the merch thing, I'm honestly baffled that they are not selling replicas of anything that's connected to the Avengers. All they got is an infinity gauntlet that's stuck in one position for your soda bottle. What do you think of that? Huh? Stick that in your, in your so, glove so the, and snap. The illusion spot that they're talking about, that, that's, that's the obligatory Instagram spot at this point. Uh, it, it's these tiles. It's actually a really cool illusion. Tiles that are set up so that if you take a picture of it at a certain angle, it looks like the like ground is warping away from you and um it's that's really cool. neat. Um, yeah, it's fun. I like little photo ops like that. I mean that's something to do. That the next point, this person says, nothing to do. During the four hour wait for web slingers, my party and I were able to do everything in a little over three hours. Try the food, watch the four shows, and go on Guardians. And then we spent an hour just sitting around waiting for our boarding group with the fear of leaving the land in case we were called. This is where the size of the land really comes into play of the whole unfortunate experience because maybe there would be more stuff to do. Um, yeah. You can they, leave they, the land, right? Like just to let everybody yeah, know you can leave. Sure. I, I kind of think maybe this was right at the beginning when it was two years ago. Doing, yeah. Two years ago, okay. maybe was when they were doing, cause for a short while they were metering people in. Uh, so you couldn't, mm. they had like that area closed off. And I think this was over. after that, because that was right when mm. they first opened some of the comments, like, dude, you can just leave. And I think someone else, <laughs> <laughs> clarified they were like they were like i think op was um was uh nervous about missing their boarding but you you can go up into an hour after your time is called and you're fine mm. oh. so the person just didn't really fully understand it but um so what I also did is went on to Yelp because that's where you go to like find <laughs> to things. get reviews there we go yeah and avengers campus has 3.9 stars out of 36 reviews and um, let's see here. Where did they go? Why did it just, why, why would it leave? I don't know. Arnell gave it four stars and said, with only a few rides and another two or three attractions, it's not worth having to wait an hour for anything on this side of the park. What do you think of that? Is any like ride said, there worth an hour? Uh, I mean, Guardians is worth an hour. Gar it, yeah, Guardians would be. It's it's Tower of Terror. It's, yeah, I, mean, I know. Right. I would never wait 25 minutes for Tower of Terror. Well, you've I would guess before, you're in the minority on that. Yes. Oh, for, have you met me? <laughs> um, here's one from Jay. He gave it three stars. He said, uh, yada, yada, yada. For me, it's a big disappointment. They have some shows going on all the time and a lot of photo ops. Spider-Man show is damn good. 
Others are below average. And this place is filled with awful actors. Most of them talked like they are damn serious and it almost cracked me up. So he's he's thinks it's funny that the actors were acting. Like yeah, the characters. Like All right, that's cool. Characters. Man. They're in character. <laughs> yeah. He thinks he's Iron Man. Yeah, we're, hey, look, get a lot of this kid. <laughs> Photo ops don't have any schedule. They show up wherever they feel like it, and you should be lucky to be there to get a chance. Average experience, to be honest. Yep. I um, wonder if this guy like, has a I bunch like of reviews of Disney World because it sounds like he wants the Disney World character experience where it's like you go to this place at this time and wait in this line. Maybe you get a fast pass and you see this character. <laughs> I don't know, but like he he left a, this is like recent reviews for like an Apple store in Portland, a hmm. Best Buy. Like who reviews Best Buy and gave is it five stars? No. <laughs> it's just, it seems really weird. It was like, why, like who? I, I don't know, man. I don't really review places anymore, uh, ever, really. But like Starbucks, you're reviewing Starbucks. Either you go Seven there. Seven hours later, that venti latte <laughs> was fantastic. Taco Bell. Like this man is just like reviewing the, the most basic places to go that everybody already knows. Either you love it or you don't. You're not going to be swayed either way by, go, by going right. on Yelp. To figure out if you should go to t- the Taco Bell in Everett, Washington. You're just not going to. Is this somebody where if we put them on, if we started watching them on Walkabout, we'd like slowly <laughs> fall in love with them? No. Probably. <laughs> I don't think so. I wish I could search. I wish I could search what he's like reviewed because, yeah. No, but but I, I think, yeah, Web Slingers I would not wait an hour for. I was really glad when they brought it to the normal tier of Genie Plus. Um, it, it was up until earlier, I think this summer or up until earlier this year, it was on the like pay per ride genie plus, which catch me not doing that even at web slingers, <laughs> even though I'm the guy who bought the Iron Man gauntlet so I could shoot Iron Man blasts on that ride. <laughs> um, yeah, catch me not doing that. This one guy says I felt underwhelmed and it definitely felt like an afterthought just to fill up space. Homie. There was something there before. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they had something there. It wasn't to fill up space. They removed a thing to put this here. This was planned. Chapek was standing in a field going, what do I do with this? Yeah. <laughs> this in mess. Look at what Iger left me. Okay. Uh, very now, good. I will say yes, the, the one other complaint that I have about it as a mega nerd is it suffers the same. It is starting to suffer the same fate as Star Wars does in Disneyland where it's in two lands. Marvel is in two lands. Um, although no one other than hyper nerds would understand this. Sanford Sokyo is from Big Hero 6, which is a Marvel property. So you now Ooh. have two Marvel lands in Avengers Campus and the San Francisco San Francisco Wharf in separate spaces in DCA, which is not, not the best in my opinion. Hmm. No, Works for me. It's only you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of San Francisco, we watched Abominable the other day for the first time. You guys remember that movie? It was. It's not a Disney movie. It's um. um Is it still it's not the Spielberg Disney? one? It's the um DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it takes place, I think, in Tokyo. Mm. A- awesome. It's awesome. Mm. It's cool as hell. Definitely watch it. Give it a shot. Great, great movie. I have not seen. Funny. I haven't either. Cute. Um, Alice loved it. It was awesome. There you go. That's my uh, opinion for you. Okay. We're taking a quick break. Coming back. Um, I got a little tiny bit of Disney news here. We're going to uh, get out of here. So hang on, everyone. It's ears up. We'll be right back. 
And now, back to the show that's more fun than waiting in line for Peter Pan on a hot August Anaheim day. Ears up. Hey, what a timely comeback, man. Or, uh, you know, bad or whatever it's <laughs> called anymore. I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore, folks. Yeah, Taryn's going to join us real fast. She just got she just got in and, uh, you know, she's cleaning up a mess I made at the break. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. actually, uh, you can, uh, you wouldn't mind cleaning this up for me, please? I got to go because Eric just said he was tired. I want to make sure he gets to bed. So I blamed you, Eric. You got me out of doing work. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Always use, always assume that I'm tired and I'm ready for bed. Oh, absolutely, dude. Same. <laughs> March in the absolutely. past, present, and future with all the news that's fit to cover. It's the Ears Up Disney News. All right. Just a little bit of Disney news here, everybody. Not, not a terrible amount. Unless we want to go We're not going in depth or anything. No, 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 no. no. Okay. Uh, this is from the Walt Disney Company website. Disney CEO Bob Iger addresses future plans on Q3 earnings call. Walt Disney Company reported its third quarter earnings on Wednesday, posting revenues of $22.3 billion, which was a 4% growth from the previous year. Hmm. Chief Executive Officer Bob Iger told analysts on the post-earnings call that, quote, in the eight months since I've returned, we've undertaken an unprecedented transformation at Disney, and this quarter's earnings reflected some of what we have accomplished. Okay. I mean, how do you know that some of that wasn't what Chapek accomplished? You don't know that. A few achievements (laughs) since Iger's return that he highlighted in his comment include, the company was completely restructured, restoring creativity to the center of the business. Yeah. Okay. Sounds nebulous and hard to track but that's okay show it on a spreadsheet we're good hi turn hi important management changes and efficiency improvements to create a more cost-effective coordinated and streamlined approach to operations so reading between the lines i fired a bunch of people (laughs) and made other people pick up the slack so now Uh, everyone has to work harder but it's more efficient (laughs) no i get that efficiency improvements i don't know Aggressive cost reductions across the enterprise with the company on track to exceed its initial goal of $5.5 billion in savings. Well, that's really nice for all the people you fired to achieve that. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, you're saying I didn't have to fire as many people. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Um, You didn't have to spend that much money. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Spoken like a manager. Forget Eric's in management. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the company has improved its direct-to-consumer operating income by roughly one billion dollars in just three quarters as disney continues to work towards achieving uh uh, direct-to-consumer profitability by the end of fiscal year 2024 in a challenging environment what's challenging what's the challenging environment everyone's on home watching tv still (laughs) not anymore i mean hey zoom brought their people back uh three days a week yeah i know I know. And uh, I talked to Terrence like, I'm going to find a new I'm going to find a new source of uh, the video conference calling. And I'm going to write a letter and say, this is why I'm canceling my service, because you are you grew your business and your profitability tenfold on the thing. No, no one would be there to open that letter if they weren't in the office three days a week. There's something called email. (laughs) Okay, it's fine. Uh, Bob says, quote, I'm pleased with how much we've gotten done in such a short period of time, but I also know we have a lot more to do. What do you mean? You wanted to save $5.5 billion. You did more than that. You, you, uh, your income has grown by a billion dollars in less than a year. What, 
else do you have to do? <laughs> what more? What, what, what are you talking about? As I've said before, our progress will not always be linear. But despite near-term headwinds, I'm incredibly confident in Disney's long-term trajectory because of the work we've done, the team we have in place, and because of Disney's core intellectual property foundation. He asserted that, quote, moving forward, I believe three businesses will drive the greatest growth and value creation over the next five years. They are our film studios, our parks business, and streaming. He is a genius. All of which are inextricably linked to our brands and franchises. Are they? Well, here I was hoping for home goods. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the R2D2 Panini Press was going to be right up the you know rocket of all the profits, man. Everyone's stocks were just going to go to the moon because of that R2D2 Panini Press. <laughs> so I mean, if, if if you need me to be the like the, the capitalist uh, villain over here, I'm I'm sure, willing because all of this makes sense to me. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> you are the you are the the true visionary, you and Bob Iger, because nobody else would have ever known. Well, that, that the three businesses <laughs> that are going to drive the greatest growth are the films, the parks, and streaming, which is what Chapek was trying to do in the first place. And also the things that have been working right. in the past forever. Well, obviously, and also the parks, which is, number one, what got Disney out of debt in the first friggin' place. Yeah. Like, without the parks, the, I don't think the Disney company would be around, to be honest with you. And it it's always the the one that is growing that makes the most money that grows the most money not I mean, makes the most money but the the growth is always there when they talk about at these earnings calls the um the amount of money Disney makes it's because of the parks did yeah. you know that DVC is part of the parks revenue stream oh I did not know that hmm. uh, oh. I learned that just recently so so yeah. would we see that big bump after they open the Disney the new Disneyland DVC mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and people it, buying in. It's a trip to hear, you know, when you talk about DVC, because we have a community college out here called Diablo Valley College, and it's DVC. <laughs> yeah. So every time every time you go to DVC, I, I literally have to take a, a second and go, not the college. Okay, got yeah. it. The other one. <laughs> okay. Uh, in addition to discussing the company's financial results for the third quarter, Igert offered insight into the company's upcoming opportunities as they relate to Disney Parks business, streaming, ESPN, and more. I love opportunities. My favorite thing. Well, everybody needs them. In terms of Disney's direct-to-consumer business, Iger affirmed that since his return, quote, we've reset the whole business around economics designed to deliver significant sustained profitability. Oh, what a genius. In just eight months, he's redesigned, he's reset the whole business to deliver significant sustained profitability. Why wasn't but, that set up before you left? In that eight months since you left, did you friggin' read a book that you just, you've suddenly revolutionized the world of sustained profitability for a large company like this? And you just, that's why you had to get back into the, into the chair. No, what are you talking about, dude? Those are it all also, just keywords. Yeah. It also feels like it contradicts what he said earlier. Cause in the, the beginning of the quotes, he was talking about how he put creativity at the center and now it's profitability at the center. Yes. Which I understand they can be they can both be true, but like they can't. JPEC put profitability at the center and not creativity. Well, because he right. because he had to because he yeah. that was the whole goal. The goal of the company was to make streaming profitable by 2025. So he had to do it. There was no way around it. That was the part that was the goal. That was part of his job. But you, but I, 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 I bristle at the assertion that you have to that profitability and creativity can coexist. They can't. Either you're creative or you're or you're profitable. You can't. I don't think you can be both. I think it's rare if you're both. Where, I agree. It's rare. Yes. 
Where did the wh- who is he speaking to? Where did these quotes come from? They're um, the like I think they're general comments after the uh, Q three um, earnings call earnings call yesterday. Yeah, because yeah. it's interesting because because just going off of of what Ryan just said, like it does seem like the the first quote he's talking to a different audience, and the second quote he's talking to shareholders. Because you talk to shareholders about money, you talk to your Please. fans yeah. about creativity. Well, if you don't if you don't change your your voice and your audience a few times per statement, <laughs> then how will all of the clickbaity sites decide which <laughs> quotes they want to select uh, out of context? That is a great point. Uh, he goes on. He says, "We're prioritizing the strength of our brands and franchise." This I can't. I can't deal with corporate speak. I can't do it. We're prioritizing the strength of our brands and franchises. What? What can that possibly mean? What's that the coupled str- with his other quote about uh, diluting the brands by putting too much on streaming means that he wants. And this is me doing some translating. To me, what that reads as is, I want to do less projects but good projects. I mean, I guess uh, we're rationalizing <laughs> the volume of content we make, what we spend and what markets we invest in. <laughs> we are deploying the technology necessary to both improve the user experience as well as the economics of this business. We're harnessing windowing opportunities, perfecting our pricing and marketing strategies, maximizing our enormous advertising potential, and we're making extensive Hulu content available to bundle subscribers via Disney+. Plus. I, I like how it was like all these nebulous concepts, all yeah. these ings, and then Hulu. Yeah, and then we're or bundling Hulu, Hulu and the Disney+. Plus. <laughs> so basically, it's all the stuff that we're already doing. But with bigger words like windowing. I also don't know what windowing like. Yeah, what does that? that I other than making more content for Eric to talk about on future uh, Main Street window segments. <laughs> right. I like didn't Let hear me tell the you about rest Wade of the quote. <laughs> how to? Okay, so I just looked it up. How to harness small windows of opportunity? So, oh, oh, a so series wind- of circumstances. Everyday presents Make many unscheduled chances, I guess. What was it? What was the exact quote? The quote was, we're harnessing windowing opportunities. Windowing opportunities. Okay. Mm. I think that's a stupid thing to say. Five strategies every leader must embrace to yeah. harness disruption. That sounds like a fad leadership thing. Like, yeah. yeah. I've, I've never heard that. I've ever, 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 ever. You finish the statement and you expect him to say, CEO away and then fly <laughs> off the stage. Well, because they've made window a verb. Window sounds yeah. like window. Sounds like he's trying to set up his consulting business for after he leaves Disney again. <laughs> right. He's yeah. I mean, to I set up his like speaking arrangements. I guess what he's saying is we're harnessing windowing opportunities, which is sort of like we're taking taking the good and we're taking the bad and we're putting them together to get the facts. Now you of have life. the facts. Of life. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's just, you know, basically one of those where it's like any opportunity we have that that we can maximize with that has a small window to execute. We're going to do it. I've never heard of harnessing that. I've never heard. eh, Whatever. He said that he announced last quarter that we're, quote, we're moving closer to a more unified one app experience domestically to pair high quality general entertainment with content from our popular brands and franchises for our bundle subscribers. It's a formula for success that we've already proven in international markets with our star offering on Disney+. Plus. I guess you can thank JPEG for that. I don't know. What do you think? 
Um, he goes on, we see a future where consumers can access even more of the company's streaming content all in one place, resulting in higher user engagement, lower churn, and greater opportunities for advertisers. Great. I mean, yeah. they, they do need to figure out if they're going to have all these apps. Yes, it needs to be one app. Streaming needs to be one app. Parks need to be another app. Just bundle it all down, call it a day. Iger also announced that at the end of the third quarter, the company had signed up 3.3 million subscribers to the ad-supported Disney Plus option, that since its inception, 40% of new Disney Plus subscribers are choosing an ad-supported product. That shocks me, because mm. streaming ads are just about the worst thing you can consume. They're awful. I mean, they're worse than, than you know, spam and potato chips to eat every day. Like, it, they're just, they're terrible. But, well, yeah, it's every day. There are only three of them. Yeah. And yes. when you watch a half yes. hour show, you will see the same Chevy ad four times. Right. Yeah. In a row sometimes. <laughs> right. The ad supported Disney Plus offering will become available in Canada and select mar- markets November 1st. Anyway, and there's uh, opportunities for ESPN. He says, taking our ESPN flex. Excuse me, taking our ESPN flagship channels direct to consumer is not a matter of if, but when. I don't even know what that means because I thought that it was already like that. But uh, he says, and the team is hard at work looking at all components of this decision, including pricing and timing. Yeah. So what he's saying is because right now with ESPN Plus, you don't get ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN Classic. Mm. You have to have a TV subscription for that. I use my parents to get that stuff. <gasps> but our parents um, the best. Uh, they truly are because they still have cable it's fantastic <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> That's fair. uh so you just get the like and if you're a fan if you're a fan of like the weird stuff which when i say weird stuff i mean like hockey and soccer which is largely what i'm a fan of starts tomorrow let's go let's go <laughs> premier league it up um that's what you get on espn plus but you don't get like sunday night baseball or sports center or those sort of things you mean the boring so, stuff that'll put you to sleep when you're out of ambient <laughs> i think that stuff is what they do need to bring like it was weird to me that that wasn't on espn plus have you guys seen have you heard of slam ball <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you have the, the, like the the basketball on trampolines yes yeah. oh yeah it's fantastic cool. it's awkward and <laughs> and cumbersome but it's sort of worth watching it's like a train wreck that doesn't kill anybody is it the opposite <laughs> yeah. of pickleball i don't even know what pickleball is but basically it's a basketball court and you have like four trampolines set and you can like <laughs> travel i think a little bit or something and you yeah. can get it's we i don't know man look like, it up it's it looks weird. like the goal is to dunk always basically it was from like early it was from like early 2000s late late 90s it died off for a while and then i think they've brought it back especially with them doing like espn 8 the ocho now uh every august mm. that they always show it on that along with cornhole tournaments and, and the Savannah bananas. And I'm just yeah. waiting for them to just bring, make basketball an actual sport. <laughs> I know. That's all I'm waiting for. Let's see. Iger pointed out that our cruise line in particular showed strong revenue and operating income growth in the third quarter. Current Q4 booked occupancy for our existing fleet of five ships is at 98%. Dude, when I, so That's I saw wild. that and it doesn't, so it surprised me on one hand, but on the other hand, everybody that i know is going on a disney cruise like everybody Hmm. all the like various influencers are doing content about disney cruise that like are usually parks people they're doing cruise content like i wonder if the parks are reaching out that's that that's that's has been sort of a big 
marketing thing is to like get influencers in, but I think it's it's increasing now that um, you know a lot of online advertisers don't really know where to go to hook people because more and more influencers are influencing what people buy, especially with like TikTok yeah. Marketplace and all these marketplaces where they can actually like make money doing this, you know, instead of just doing straight brand deals. I think that uh, you're going to see continue to see a lot more of of that, whether or not they're transparent in that Disney gave them this trip or that they decided to book it for content. Yeah. I've also seen a lot of things that, that talk about whether it's the influencers talking about it or I think maybe even some official Disney stuff talking about how like, oh, the parks are so busy. It's so difficult. Here's this hidden gem, the cruise line. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's still a Disney. It's still a Disney experience, but it's not as popular right now or it's not as busy. Yeah, you get uh, more kids to to listen to in a centralized area. Yeah. Um. Let's see a little bit more. He says that uh, Walt Disney World is still performing well above pre-COVID levels, twenty one percent higher in revenue and twenty nine percent higher in operating income compared to fiscal year nineteen. Adjusting for Star Cruiser accelerated depreciation. <laughs> okay, man. But but how much of that is attendance? Notice he doesn't mention attendance. It's just price increases. Yeah. That's all it is. I mean, and that's all it's been for a couple of years. Not all it's been, but a couple of years they've they've mentioned our revenue at the park is X percent higher due to price increases. It'll so, be interesting to see what next quarter holds because of all the discounts they're doing right now. Um because that'll negate the pricing uh, to some degree. Well, At least with the hotels, it's negating the price increase. And like to that point, you know, Jason was just talking about the um, attendance. And you don't discount your prices unless you need to up attendance. Right. So <laughs> that, that will be interesting to see. But yeah, I mean, you discount those prices enough and people say, oh, maybe we go this time of year. We don't know who goes in the summer anymore. <laughs> Let's take our kids out of school rather than go to Florida Absolutely. in August. Ever. Yeah. Kids but, do not need the, the perfect attendance award. Take them to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, that was always a big thing growing up. I don't know if it was with when, when you guys were growing up too, but it was like, this is going to be on your permanent record. Your attendance will be on your permanent record. And you're like 10 going, I... Is that a thing that matters to me? And it turns out doesn't. I've turns never out. had I've never I mean, had one employer go, "Can I have your attendance, your permanent record, please?" From uh, you know uh, middle school. Has anybody here ever seen their permanent record? That I don't all, think I don't think it really this, exists. Yeah, all these things go on. Like when I mean <laughs> when I applied at Harvard, I showed them all of the medals, <laughs> all of the little pins that I got for perfect attendance, and. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they said yeah, I had to bring to my own mop. School. Yeah. And now as a supervisor in a call center, I have to tell people, no, don't don't come in if you're sick. Like, just <laughs> don't don't please, work. please don't please breathe near don't the rest try of the and have perfect attendance. Yeah. I don't <laughs> care. My grandma was big on that. I told the story a few times where she she bragged. She, I never took a sick day, never missed a day of work. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Um, You know, uh, the greatest generation. That's good for, you know, for, for, for you. But. Uh, you know, I guess forget everybody else around you, right? Get yeah. everybody else sick. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I had an employee who like texted me and was like, "My brother died this weekend, but I feel really bad for the team. I I have to come in. I I know I oh my I was like, god, no, yeah. don't touch grass, like, dude. Like go outside, <laughs> go take care wow. of yourself, please. Jeez. Uh, Disney to raise okay. price on ad free Disney Plus to thirteen ninety nine per month starting October twelfth. 
Yikes. Commercial-free Disney Plus will cost $13.99 per month, which is a 27% increase. Disney Plus with ads will remain $7.99 per month because Disney probably makes a ton of money selling those ads, you know? I wonder if I wonder it, what's more profitable for them. The ad-based revenue or the um the normal I also, one. I also wonder what their conversion rate is. Has to because be zero. of people upgrading? Oh no, I'm sorry. I thought you meant like for the advertisers. That, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like people <laughs> no, I mean people upgrading from the ad supported tier mm-hmm. to the to the ad free tier because they get tired of the ads. Mm. And so if you keep that ad supported tier real cheap, you make that extra money on the ads for the schmucks who stay like on the ad supported tier. You also get the parents whose kids get really annoyed while they're watching Bluey and go, Mom, I don't want to watch ads anymore. And suddenly yeah. now they're paying seven bucks more a month. Well and then you go online you learn about torrents. <laughs> yeah. No, don't do that. Um but I mean, is it, is it worth double the amount? It's worth double the price? Double the price but, to not have that, to worry about ads. That's not the math they're hoping you do. They're I know. hoping you go, is it worth seven bucks more a month? Right. Uh, Disney is increasing the price of Hulu without ads to $18 a month, which is a 20% price hike. Hulu with ads will also stay the same at $7.99. For comparison, Netflix standard plan without commercials is 15 bucks a month. Warner Brothers Discovery's Max. Warner Brothers Discovery's Max is fifteen ninety nine per month. I thought that was HBO. Yeah, that is HBO. It's now Max. Yeah, they changed the name to just Max. Yeah, well, but, yeah, but, but it's HBO. Why are they calling it Discovery? But this is now Discovery's Max. Whatever. They're, I don't. They're know together. So uh, they merged. Mm. Discovery. Oh, okay. All of Discovery's content is also on that service. All right. The decision to price Disney Plus nearly as high as commercial-free Netflix and Max and charge even more for Hulu signals Disney believes its content library can compete with both of those services. Psych. When so Disney, here's, the, yeah. here's the other thing real quick that this article is being a little bit disingenuous in comparing. The uh, Netflix one that they're using is full HD, so it's 1080p. It's not their full 4K. I only know this because I have the 4K version, which costs me 20 bucks a month, Mm -hmm. which Disney Plus has 4K content and so does Hulu. And so it is more apt to compare the $20 a month. Well, but it's hard because you can't because not everything on Disney Plus is 4K. Right. And not everything on Netflix is either. Oh, yeah. I don't know. So to get access to the 4K, you have to pay that 20 bucks a month. So so you're looking it's all about 20 bucks. <laughs> sure. No matter what service you're looking at. So we, limit it. Yeah. Iger says That's we took a pretty significant price increase at Disney Plus sometime late in 2022. And we really didn't see a significant churn or loss of subs because of that, which was actually heartening. Didn't Chapek get roasted when that happened? Yes, is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Iger noted that Disney is deliberately trying to steer users toward its ad supported services by keeping prices for those services the same. The advertising landscape for streaming is healthier than traditional linear TV. Yeah, that's so what that, we just said. We're smart. Yeah. So that answers your question. Yeah. They they get more money from advertisers, but they need to get more advertisers, so they need more of those users. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wild times, dude. Wild times. All right. Last one. We're gonna end up with. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't say it's a um, positive note, but it's Aww. it's it's an up. It's up there. Not really. Disneyland security dog bite. Elderly man sues Disney parks and resorts after allegedly being bitten during a visit to Anaheim. An elderly Nevada resident is suing Disneyland after he was bitten in the stomach 
by a security dog while entering the park at Anaheim in May 2022. Paul Perez, 81, was visiting the Southern California attraction with his wife, daughter, and grandkids when the dog jumped up on him at the front gates. The lawsuit, which doesn't make any sense. I want, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, not that it doesn't happen because a dog is a dog, but these are trained dogs on a leash. There's no way the, not, I guess not no way, but it would be very impossible. Nearly That's why impossible. He's going for negligence. Obviously, he didn't. They, he wasn't trained well enough. And whatever. yeah, or the, the 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 handler wasn't. You know, didn't have a secure hold on his right. leash. I mean, that's a big. That's it's crazy. Or, or this elderly man didn't have a good pocket. handle. <laughs> yeah, the lawsuit filed in Orange County alleges a Disneyland dog handler caused the dog to bump into Perez, which in turn made the dog retaliate against him. Okay, so they, they were, like, very close, I guess. He's just this older guy on the way to Disneyland with his family to enjoy the day. Perez's attorney told the Orange County Register. Perez and his attorney are seeking a civil trial and restitution for his wound, pain and suffering, emotional distress, and other medical costs. Oh, there's a there's a picture of the wound. It's blurred out, but it looks... Um, you ever seen a, a, a piece of steak that's, like rare on the inside and then dark on the outside it's that basically it's it looks nasty man yikes yeah according to the lawsuit filed um in orange county court the las vegas resident the brutal attack took place on may 10th 2022 during the incident a disneyland dog handler caused the dog to abruptly step directly in front and very close to perez who bumped into the animal after perez and the animal bumped into each other the dog then attacked the plaintiff biting him in the stomach uh, he needs to be taken to the hospital. Perez's, Perez's wife and two... What would you... I mean, I guess I'm giving it away. Uh, Perez's wife and his two grandchildren continued into the park after the incident. Oh, Grandpa <laughs> just got grandpa. bit in the gut by a dog. I don't know, man. We're going to Disneyland. Anyway, who cares? After, after being treated for, with antibiotics, he was released. Yeah. Anyway, that's about it, basically. And it goes on to talk about his trauma and stuff like that. Yeah, and all that's a bummer because clearly something happened. But they're saying they haven't offered him anything. One of the frustrating things uh, his lawyer said is that we indicated to Disneyland that we have an interest in resolving the case, and they didn't extend an offer. I is that Disney security or is that Anaheim police? It's the Anaheim police, I think. But it's I think they're hired by the park. I don't really know. Because I'm just thinking maybe that's why Disney's kind of being kind of mm. not our circus, not our monkeys. Well, but they hire. I think that they hire them. I don't think the if cops, they hire them. That's yeah, different. yeah, I don't think the yeah. cops are there like on their own, like as part of their beat. I think they're, they're they pick up other shifts or something. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Off duty police. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. I think we're done. Ryan, cool. thanks for defending um, Avengers Campus. I'm sure. For sure. It was a, a wildly attacked before you stepped in and took a bullet. I, I had to. Somebody has to. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> Not going to be me. I'll tell you that. I've never been. I don't know anything yeah, about I've it. been. Have yeah. a soon trademark. Yeah, that's true. All right, everyone. We're getting out of here. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I appreciate it. And until next time, see you in the parks.